guys, welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Ellie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. We were inspired to learn about the journeys of normal people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices, from physical to emotional to spiritual, to figure out what wellness means to them and what works for them. We aren't doctors or experts, just average ladies figuring out how to live our best lives while tackling topics all across the wellness spectrum. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today on Courageous Wellness, we talk with life coach Samara Zelnicker of Mindfulness Matters. Samara takes us on her courageous journey from being in the high-stress fashion industry to discovering yoga and mindfulness. She explains that mindfulness is the space between your thoughts and emotions, and it provides you with the ability to respond versus react to challenging situations. She walks us through practical and grounded applications for developing more mindfulness in our day-to-day. Samara also hosts retreats and classes around the world. Up next is a one-day wellness retreat on March 24th in Santa Monica. To learn more and reserve your spot, visit mindfulnessmatters.ca. We are so delighted to speak with her and hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome, Samara. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. So to start off, can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and also just your, what made you interested in, in wellness in general and like your own personal story and, and then we can talk about mindfulness matters, but I just, I'm curious about your background a little bit. Definitely. I would love to. So, um, what I do currently is I'm a coach. I teach yoga and I host a lot of these wellness retreats under the umbrella of mindfulness matters, which is my company. But what led me to be in this space is I actually worked in fashion. So my background is in working in corporate fashion distribution. I was working for a company where I did sales and marketing and really kind of ran the business from the beginning to the end. Mm -hmm. So I really got to understand what that was and what that meant. And it was a family business. So me and my brother often joke that growing up in our house was like receiving an MBA because (laughs) we are both of our parents are entrepreneurs. And so we kind of both had it ingrained in us from a young age. And when I started working in fashion, I loved it and I learned so much Mm -hmm. and I was you know, had that glamorous life of traveling Mm -hmm. and, you know, going here and dinners and that and wearing all the best clothing. And, you know, although I learned so much about entrepreneurship and running a business from start to finish, it didn't fill me up. And Mm -hmm. I realized that after about five years being in the industry and I didn't have the awareness that I have now. So Mm -hmm. I just like, my body was like, okay, dude, you're not happy. We're going to like make you realize that. So I got strep Mm -hmm. throat three times in one year. And then I was boarding a flight home from Brazil and for a sales meeting and I broke my foot completely out of nowhere. Wow. Yeah. So it was like, okay, Samara, you're not going to listen. Like we're going to make you listen. And I ended up as a result of having a broken foot, I had to wear a boot on my foot and mm-hmm. I ended up, uh, having to wear that for eight weeks and I'm Canadian and it was at the beginning of the summer and it was like, Oh no, I won't be able to be active or do anything. Yeah. And that just made me realize how important health and wellness was to me in my life. Mm-hmm. And I ended up enrolling in a yoga teacher training at the end of the summer, kind of mm-hmm. by fluke. Like people had signed up, you know, six months in advance. I signed up two weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I've been practicing yoga for 10 years, but it was never more than an exercise or mm-hmm. a workout. And I was like, all right, I'll just get better at yoga. I'll do this. Mm. So I signed up for the training. First night, people were crying, talking about their emotions. I was like, oh, no. I signed (laughs) up for yoga jail. What did I do? This is Ah. crazy. And then by the end, I was totally transformed. Like, so just a different person because it just the way I thought about things was different. And it Mm. brought me so much awareness and consciousness and just a, a perception shift. And so I ended up going on six months later to um, Nairobi, Kenya, and I was part of an organization called Africa Yoga Project where we I was part of a teaching team that helped train 150 people from all over Africa to be yoga teachers. Mm. And that to me was like the most 
incredible experience because these people who came from nothing, like the biggest, some of the biggest slums in the world, were being empowered to be leaders as a result of this practice and as a result of this way of thinking. And Mm. I figured, wow, if these people can do it, so can we. And so I came home and I quit my job and I didn't know like what it was going to look like or how I was going to do it. I just knew that I had to and I listened to that intuition and Mm Uh, that's when I launched Mindfulness Matters, and that was in 2013. Okay. Um, so that, I was in Toronto at the time, and uh, we started teaching in schools and in offices and in um, studios and hosting workshops and international retreats, and I also was distributing a line of yoga apparel that mm. I found crazy, like, synchronistically mm. and um, ended up becoming the national distributor for Canada for that apparel line. Wow. So it really was able to pair both of my passions yeah. and um, just kind of grew that business in Toronto where I was and building up, you know, what that looked like within the yoga infrastructure. Wow. That's incredible. I think that's such a – it's so true that when you align with what you're supposed to be doing – doors just start to open and if you're listening you go through those doors it's Mm -hmm. when we're so clouded and we're so um not mindful that we don't see those signs or those signals or ignore the open doors and windows in front of us so when did you realize that mindfulness was so important like through like at what point did you realize was it in Africa or was it through your um journey in the yoga training that you were like, I have, this is, I can't go back to the life I was living. So I think that, you know, I experienced these profound shifts just by being exposed to these concepts Mm. for the first time in the first training that I did, which Mm. was really pivotal and it helped take off, take away some of the conditioning, right? Mm. Because that's all it is, is like when we're foggy and we're not thinking clear, we're out of alignment. It's just conditioning that doesn't serve us anymore. And so I ended up yeah, I ended up seeing that. Like I was awake, I like woke up during mm-hmm. that first training, right? And then I still, you know, continued to work in the fashion industry for about six six months. And and yeah, I wasn't ready to fully leave. Like I was starting to hear like mm-hmm. I call them whispers, mm-hmm. right? Like and so like if you don't listen to the whispers, they become screams. Mm-hmm. And so I started listening, and then it really took that experience of going to Africa and I'm very tactile. So like being in it, going to the slum, yeah. working with the people, touching bodies, yeah. like having an understanding that made me realize, and I think, you know, both experiences built on each other, um, but it made me come back and just be like, wow, this is what I need to create. This is what I need to dedicate myself to. And my, like this was five years, five, six years ago. Right. Yeah. So like mindfulness wasn't the buzzword no. that it is today. No. And I remember being with a friend and he was like, what do you want to call your company? And it just, like came, came to me. To you. Yeah. So powerful. It just came to me. I like found the Instagram, I built my website, you know, kind of did all that stuff yeah. that you do as an entrepreneur and yeah, it's just kind of grown from there. What would you say for you? How would you define like what mindfulness means to you? Yeah, great question. Yeah. So for me, mindfulness is the space between, mm-hmm. right? So it's the ability to react versus respond. Mm-hmm. So you can be mindful in anything that you're doing. It doesn't have to be on the yoga mat. It can be in the office, yeah. in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. It can be in relationships. It can be while you're eating. Yeah. It can be in really anything. And it's that space to process, right? Because so often we react to things by knee jerk because we've always done it, yeah. right? And so mindfulness is like, wait. I have a choice here, right? Mm-hmm. And I could choose something different or I'm choosing this choice because I want to choose it, yeah. right? And so you're just more conscious of the things that are going on around you and instead of like things happening to you, they happen for you because what's yeah. really beautiful when you create this space is like we have we get to choose which thoughts we want to think, which is so powerful. Yeah. Like even just for your listeners to be like we get to choose which thoughts we get to think, yeah. right? And I know that was like a major aha for me. It was like, oh, wow, wait, I I do get to choose that, right? So if I'm choosing that thought every day that's like, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, then that's what's going to manifest as my reality versus, hey, I can do this, I will do this, I am good enough, and that manifests as your reality, and the universe co-creates with you in in whichever way you tell it to. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it's interesting when you, I think we've talked a lot about that lately where like things are happening for you, not to you, and the second you start to think that way, even perceived obstacles become fuel for maybe maybe pushing you in a direction that is ultimately for your good, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily see that in the moment. But to not have them be like 
utter roadblocks, just like, okay, like, boop, like little whoops and like, but in fact, like a good push can come from the obstacles. Absolutely. Something good can come out of, out of the challenges. Yeah. And I, that way you're not a victim to it. Yeah, because it is true. It is, I say, I do, I say that all the time, that this is happening for you, not to you. Yeah. I say it, like, at least once a once day. A day. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, amazing. To friends or myself. Um, but it is because I've realized, especially recently, that a lot of times we get these opportunities that appear as challenges, right? But they're really opportunities mm. to take us to another level. And I realized so much that all these challenges and obstacles in my life are preparing me for something so much bigger. Mm -hmm. And if I don't go through this, um, I'm not going to be able to get there. But these are all really challenging concepts, right? Like that take so much work and practice. And so, you know, as a coach, you mentioned conditioning too. It's like, how do we work through? Because even with this somewhat awareness, <laughs> you know, of course there are days, right? We are like, harder, yeah. You're just, you feel like it's an avalanche and you just don't know what to do. So, um, how do you coach through the conditioning that we all have? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a couple of things you guys touch on of like obstacles coming, right? Yeah. So I, in, it, they do up-level you and it's, mm -hmm. it's a lesson or a blessing, right? Yeah. So it's like there's always something to learn. And I think that we get really attached in our world of like living in bliss and being happy all the time. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many of these sayings or these ways of being, which is beautiful. But the thing is like the way our world works, the way the environment works, the way our bodies work is in equanimity. Mm -hmm. So meaning that there needs to be a balance and like we couldn't have the good if we didn't have the bad. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's like practicing a little bit of compassion and judgment and mm -hmm. mindfulness, right? So space in between, like when those at flurry or avalanche of like negative mm -hmm. thoughts come of like, but this is part of it, right? Yeah. So I can't have one without the other. And that's something I probably learned like even like later into the practice yeah. because I call this like stuff like ninja, like we're ninjas, like this yeah. isn't easy. It's the hardest work we'll ever have to do. I tell my clients that all the time because it is unconditioning, right? And our mm -hmm. brains are like these really incredible smart supercomputers that mm -hmm. want to go from point A to point B in the fastest way possible without mm -hmm. exerting as like with exerting the most minimal amount of energy mm -hmm. and the least amount of energy. And so it's like, you know, you drive to work, you probably drive the same way every day, mm -hmm. or, you know, you have these routines because it's easy. And so it's the same with our thoughts, right? We, we pick that same thought. So if we are going to undo the conditioning, it's going to take work. Yeah. And, you know, okay, so how do we do that? It's like working... I think accountability is a huge, mm. huge, huge thing. So whether you're working with a coach, whether you have a support network where you have friends or family, and like a lot of the times when you do this work and you start to up-level, as you mm. say, maybe the people around you aren't at the same level as you. And I think we get really attached of like, oh, but this person has been my best friend forever or right. I've done that because I've always done it. And so it doesn't come without like up-leveling, yeah. you know, yeah. growth is uncomfortable for a reason, yeah. right? And so... The thing is, it doesn't mean they're bad or wrong. It just means they're at a different part on their path than you are, yeah. you know? And so so that's why I call it like ninja work, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like really doing that. So, you know, I guess to sort of answer your question as a whole is like working like with somebody or having a team and having that support network. So accountability is huge and, and practice, right? So when we're doing this work, it's, you know, I like to compare it sometimes to going to the gym because like people mm -hmm. can see that, right. Yeah. And really like, doing reps and lifting weights. And yeah. if you stop going to the gym, you lose your muscle mass. Yeah. Right. And so it's the same thing as like, you have to practice this stuff mm -hmm. continually yeah. in order for it to stay, yeah. for you to stay conscious yeah, and for absolutely. it to, to stay and consistent. To stay sharp with it. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's like anything. I mean, any, anybody who's good at anything, where, you know, it's like a, an amazing musician or someone who's like an athlete, you know, like it takes conditioning and years of practice. And I don't know why it would be any different. We put so much pressure on ourselves, you know, to like, you know, you take one, one yoga class or you practice, like do one meditation and you think, you, you know, like things should all of a sudden be different. And maybe there are those moments where you have these moments of realization, but Unless you start to incorporate them into a practice mm -hmm. for yourself, you're not going to get better at it. It's, it's it, but it will, but you will get better at it if you keep doing it, just mm -hmm. like anything else, right? Like the, 
Malcolm Gladwell. Exactly. 10,000 hours thing. Exactly. So if we do 10,000 hours of mindfulness, we'll be like super ninjas. You're zen yeah. AF, yeah. right? <laughs> but I think too, what's, what's helped me so much is realizing that this is, it's, it's a lifelong journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, there's no like final destination where we're going to wake up one day and be like, it's perfect. I get it. Um, there'll be days that are better than others and days that are harder than others. But I think it's just kind of getting back on that saddle or connecting to your coach or connecting to your community and right. starting again, you know, like from this moment forward. Um, but it is to, to even have that. It, it takes a lot of practice. Like you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's the awareness and the consciousness and the waking up. Cause you could also have the latter of just saying, okay, I'm just going to go through my life sleep. Right. I'm right. going to kind of, it's, it's that word fine. I'm, I'm fine. You know, you talk to people, I'm fine. I'm like, what does that mean though? Right. Like, what yeah. does that really mean? I'd rather you be like, I'm, horrible or I'm amazing right because I think it's really important and a big part of life to experience the high highs and the low lows and then we recalibrate right because we understand what that feels like as opposed to like numbing and then filling with food or things or toxic relationships or it it will always come up in another way like it it won't hide it's like the whisper becomes a scream right and so it doesn't go away it shows up in another like in another pathway and Mm so yeah it's hard work and it's continued work but it's also the best most rewarding work because you get to live the life that you want consciously Mm -hmm. and then like have the it's not all on you because then you have the universe be like cool you said you wanted a podcast like boom you got a podcast mm-hmm. you know right. yeah exactly right. exactly and then you start seeing that sort of like proof in your everyday life which is really encouraging yeah exciting. well it's so another good practice for this is gratitude right yeah. and it's so like thinking about all the things that you're grateful for because then you start to see that and like I'm so obsessed with neuroscience and like mm. the science behind it all and it's like what fires together wires together so mm-hmm. you'll create these synapses in your brain that are going to help you see all those positive things. And when you start seeing those positive things, you start seeing more of them because that's how it happens. That's how it works from a neuroscientific perspective. You also mentioned, you know, um, how when you essentially raise your vibration and you start living this like new conditioning and this mindful life that sometimes relationships change or friendships change. Mm -hmm. Did you ever experience that in your own journey? And how did you manage? Because I think... I mean, we definitely have in our own journey and we've touched on it on the podcast, but it can be so challenging when you have attachments to people or experiences Mm -hmm. and be like, but we're just, we're not in the same vibration anymore. Mm, Absolutely. I I had experience with that. And I think it's comes back to self-reflection in your own internal practice, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's so easy to be like, well, it's their fault or, you know, they're different or things yeah. like that. It's, it's easy to look outside yeah. of ourselves, but ultimately with a mindful practice and, you know, kind of living your life that way, it comes back to like this massive, like gut intuition mm-hmm. or instinct that we all have, you know, which we all know and have access and we're accessing it. We mm-hmm. feel really great. Mm-hmm. And so it's like strengthening the like listening mechanism to mm-hmm. your intuition, right? So I think that if you're constantly listening to your intuition, then you always know what to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it happened for sure. And it happened with family, which is tough, mm-hmm. you know, like with yeah. friends, it's a little bit different and then with family and it's, it's a little bit of trusting that, Hey, they're going to catch up when they need to. Yeah. And it's about learning how to like zip up your energy, mm. right? So it's like, that's why I say it's like the, the practice is on you, which is mm. great because we can't control anything but ourselves, yes. right? And so that it can be challenging, but it can also be like, cool, like I can continue to work on myself, which means life can continue to get better. Yeah. And so with friends, it can just be like, okay, maybe you don't hang out with them as much, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe you do something that doesn't involve... Um, uh, like, you know, the relationship that you had in the past, but it's a fragment of it where you can give what you can. And, yeah. and it does change, but know that you're doing that to raise your vibration, which creates a ripple effect in the world. Because a lot of the times when you do do those things, and although it might seem selfish, like I actually think being selfish is really selfless. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it does create this ripple effect, meaning that other people around you will be like, hey, wait, what, wait, what's she, what's she doing? She yeah, seems yeah. to be like really happy all of a sudden or things are going really well for her. Like what's different? Did you get a haircut? Like right, what's yeah. going on? You know? And, and you're, and you're like, actually, no, I just started listening to myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then they're like, Oh, well I want that. You know, I'll never forget my mom 
who were super close, but like any girl and their mom have had obstacles and ups and downs and she's a role model, but also, you know, been challenged and Mm -hmm. triggered. And, um, and I remember kind of, I guess probably like two or three years after I got into yoga and mindfulness. And first of all, my mom like still to this day doesn't do yoga. And she like (laughs) thinks that she's like, where did you come from? You know? (laughs) Um, And I remember her saying to me like, wow, you've really changed. Mm -hmm. And that was such a nice thing to hear because although I wasn't doing it for her, it was like nice to be acknowledged in that Mm -hmm. way. Um, And then I think that it's, it's like valleys and peaks, like, you know, so um, sometimes you'll be like, cool, like I'm good with, with where I'm at and I'm, I've worked through some Mm -hmm. stuff. And then other times you're going to be like, the universe is going to be like, oh, you feel like you're good. We're going to throw you like a curveball, and then you're back into the darkness. And it's like, okay, what's there to learn here? And then you're like all of a sudden back up in the light and you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. you know? And so having compassion and judgment around those things is really, really key Mm -hmm. because with these practices, it will enhance whatever you're doing. But I always say, like, no one goes through life unscathed. Like, it's impossible, you know? So whether it's, you know, a mental illness, a physical illness, but it provides you with tools to be able to cope with it better. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And to connect to other people, Yeah, which is, you know, something we talk about on this. It's like everybody has a story. And if you think, and, like, in this age of, like, just being bombarded with, self-comparison like and the highlight reels yeah the highlight reels that people are just constantly seeing of other people's very curated lives mm-hmm. right um that that is not all there is and that people every human being has a story and every human being goes through stuff and and that you don't need to feel alone even though you may only be seeing the highlight reels of other people's lives they have stuff too and if they pretend that they don't they're suffering, right? And then, like, you can deepen your own compassion in that moment and not Mm -hmm. just feel isolated, you know? But I saw a really interesting thing, though, on, um, it was a really interesting, it was actually on my Facebook that someone I know posted, like, um, I don't know if it's a meme. I, like, barely know what a meme is. But, like, some (laughs) sort of post where it was, like, it, it basically said, like, Thank you for posting about your engagement. It shows me that true love exists. Thank you for posting it, about... Did. did you see this? I think it's Wait, a mutual Somebody, content. we must know. Uh, <laughs> it was funny. Like, Thank you for posting about your pregnancy because that's so exciting that you get to have a child. Or thank you for posting about the job you just got or the raise. It was like... It was basically being like, instead of looking at what other people are doing and then being like, oh, but I don't have that. Mm. It's almost like, oh, like maybe we can all start celebrating each other. And I think that's really hard to do all the time. We've all, there's not one person who has a social media account who hasn't gone down like a dark hole with it and been like, ugh. But it was such an interesting thing to read and be like, wow, if only we could see those things and celebrate other people as opposed to having it be just like a lightning rod for what we don't have. I was like, that would be so... Things would change. (laughs) So I just, but I think this is how we get there, right? Is having these conversations, learning how to be mindful so that, you know, because it can't just happen like a snap of the finger. Right. Well, we can't change everyone overnight, but exactly. It starts with having these conversations, with putting these messages out on social media, with being courageous. Like I love the name of your podcast. And I think it comes with also like being super real, Mm -hmm. right? Because what you said around, if people aren't going to admit it, like I always think if you have a big front, you have a big back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so like, yeah, you know, and and I'll even share with my situation. It's funny because I lived in Toronto for five years. And so I built up this community of people and I already had an established network there. And I was like, oh my God, I'm doing what I love. And the universe, and this is amazing. And this is so good. And I was so like high on life. And you know, then I, I, I ended up moving to Europe to expand my business there. And also I was dating someone who lived there. Then ended up getting this awesome job in San Francisco where I helped, you know, build, uh, I was one of their lead health coaches and I helped build a team and yeah, it was awesome, but it wasn't for me. So those, yeah. both of those experiences were incredible, yeah. but both of the cities weren't where I wanted to be. And yeah. so when I moved to LA, I was like, great, awesome. And everything was aligning. And then I was like, oh shit, now I actually have to do this and now I have to build this back up, right? And so I went from being a really big fish in a small pond to being a tiny little 
mini minnow, <laughs> you know, in a big pond. And I moved to Venice and all my friends are like these beautiful people that work in wellness. And I was like, I'm not the weird one anymore. You know, yeah. like what is going on? And so it's so funny because I had to call someone on Instagram, reached out to me. She was so cute last week and she had started following me and she she has studied her PhD in positive psychology and we ended up having a chat and she was like, Oh my God, you're, you're so sweet. And you answered my message and you called me and I was like, Oh my God, you're so great too. You know, I'm no different than you are. And it's funny because here I am like in LA being like, Oh, I'm like this, like, you know, trying to figure it out. So, so I'm so happy to share that, you know, that it's, it's not, um, always, sunshine and rainbows I think as an entrepreneur even when you've like when you have aligned I really truly believe that things start to open up but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you don't go back into the darkness you know and that's that's like we're part of nature and I think that we forget that because our brain wants to be like this left brain thinker of like let's cross things off the list like okay I meditated I'm good for the next 10 years and it's like okay no it doesn't work that way right or like you know I practice self-compassion or self-love and like I'm I'm good for the next little while right but it's not finite and so what you said about it being about the destination and not the journey is so true and we hear that time and time again but I like to compare it to being a part of nature right and it's like trees you know blossom every year and then the leaves fall off every fall and then you know it's this evolution and we're part of nature that's constantly evolving and so we don't sit and like look at like a rose bush and say like when are you gonna bloom when are you gonna bloom have you bloomed yet bloom 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 right but we just trust that it's part of nature and that like it will bloom and it will get pollinated by the bees and you know just that natural process process. exactly and we forget that we're part of that Yeah. yeah No, it reminds me of this quote um, by this, uh, like, Buddhist philosopher um, named Isaki Keda, but he always talks about how winter always turns to spring. Mm. And it's like, even in, like, the darkest of winter, spring always comes, right? Everything, like you're saying, comes back to life. So we're going to have winters. We're going to experience winters. And the more awareness we have of that, when the obstacle arises... It's helped me lean in because I used to really fight it. Mm-hmm. I used to right. really fight the winters of my life or just even like the little, like a like, cold like, day. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. A, gust, a gust of wind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Little, like brisk. Yeah, I just would fight it. And lately I've just been like, okay, like the other day I like burnt my finger cooking. I broke a glass. Like all of this happened within 10 minutes. And I was just like, okay, this is happening today. Like, this is this happening. This is just what today is. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, or, and, and then I was like, I'm just going to, like, lean into this moment and yeah. not, because usually what I do, right, is I'm like, God, you're such an idiot. You know, mm. like, gosh, you're rushing. Like, you don't, you're not thinking. I just start, like, slandering myself, essentially. Yeah. And that day, I was like, mm-mm, you're just, this is. This is just happening today. And I, it, there was so much freedom in that moment. Yeah. And I was like, wow, if I could do this all the time. Yeah. You know, of course, I, you know, it was the first time I think ever that I've really been able to lean in like that. But it was such an amazing moment to do it, honestly. And that's the practice, right? Yeah. It starts there. So that's like the new neural pathway that you're creating, yeah. right? And yeah. the next time that that happens, it becomes easier. And then it becomes easier until the point where it just stops happening. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I love what you said of like, you know, in the past you would you know, mm-hmm. and I, I, I like to say like what we resist persists, yeah. right? So if we push it away then it comes back and it comes back bigger, I that, yeah. right? I have um, a module in my, in my coaching program with my clients and it's called the beach ball experiment. Uh-huh. It's like, think about when you th- put a beach ball underwater, mm-hmm. how it flings up in the opposite direction, right. like it does the exact opposite of what you We're intended for it to do. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the idea. And then it shows up in other ways mm-hmm. and it shows up in like addiction, you know, whether it's yeah. to alcohol or to food or, mm-hmm. or to things or, you know, it just, exactly. it just shows up in different ways versus being All right. Okay. That's not what I wanted to do. Or like this day had something different in store for me totally. and I'm going to be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you, I'm curious, we, we talked to a lot of professionals, like health and wellness professionals on the podcast, and as a coach, how do you um, sort of recharge yourself? Because if you're, we've talked a little bit about compassion fatigue, and if you are someone who's constantly, if, you're, if your career and your job includes um, taking care of, or just sitting with other people as they kind of maybe express their challenges or their obstacles that they're going through or maybe some darkness that they're going through. 
how do you um, like fill yourself back up and not get too depleted or take on their energy? Do you have tactics for yourself as a coach? Totally. Yeah. yeah, Really good question. So I've started spending a lot of time alone, which Mm -hmm. I absolutely love. And I never, I mean, I don't really love the label introvert, extrovert, but I love people. I'm like, love meeting people. Mm -hmm. You know, I moved to LA a year and a half ago. So, and there was like a million wellness events and I'm like amazing friends. I all live so close to me and there's always things going on. And so I was saying yes to so many things because I was like, of course I'm going to go and I'm going to meet people and I'm going to do this. Not realizing how important it was to take that time to recharge because I'm a coach and I'm absorbing other people's things, but also just to like get back to that practice of like, wait, what do I need in this moment? What do I need in this moment? And it's hard to think about that or to ask yourself those questions if you're always around other people. And so that's been like a really, really big thing for me of like spending more time on my own and being like so okay with it and recognizing that I actually really need it. Mm -hmm. So saying no to more social events and like yes to myself more. Mm -hmm. I've also started hiking a ton, mm. like hiking so much. And there's so many great hiking trails around mm. us. And, you know, like before I was making excuses being like, oh, I have to drive 30 minutes just to get to the trail. <laughs> and then, you Sorry. know, I drive up and then 30 minutes get back. And, but I'm always so much clearer. And like, sometimes I'll like, you know, a lot of times like friends will be like, oh, you're going hiking. I want to come. I'm like, no, I'm going just with my dog, you know, <laughs> but like, it will be a mix of both. Yeah. And I find that what that gives me is like the freedom to be alone or, you know, have some quiet time and then being out in nature, mm-hmm. which like is such a great way for you to like give your stuff away to somebody, yeah. you know, like I personally work with a coach also, but like that stuff that you're absorbing and the stuff that's in your head, it's like, okay, I can release it to nature because it's like this big, beautiful, expansive container. And so, um, and then, and then all the creative ideas come and all the comparison goes away. And so those are kind of my, my tricks. I mean, aside from eating well and going to yoga and meditating, Mm -hmm. but like, those are my big ones because I also like, I think that you can find mindfulness in anything. It doesn't have to be like on the yoga mat. So there's times where like, I'll go like a week without even practicing you know because I've gone hiking or I've spent that time by myself or I like stare at my dog in the eyes (laughs) it's like my little buddy yeah so so yeah so it's like kind of a combination of those things I would say yeah that's so amazing and what is what is it like to be um I guess a student or a client like if you were my coach what is that process like so I'm sure a lot of people here um you know, a mindfulness coach or, you know, like a life coach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Health coach. But they're like, what does that actually mean that I, you know, I get. So maybe you could share. I love that. that. And cause it's even hard to put a title on yourself, right? Because we cover so much in Mm -hmm. a six month program or, and, and I go on to work with clients past then too, but the initial six months is really like, let's Mm -hmm. do a deep dive into what's going on. And I work with, I tend to work with a lot of A-type women, women who are good at getting what they want. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, we want to make a shift, but we're not sure how. So it's like definitely all encompassing. And I, you know, I have so many like little things about when you have a coach, but it's really like your guide on the side, right? Mm -hmm. So knowing that you have someone that's there, to hold you accountable for your stuff but also who's gonna call you out on your shit and call Mm -hmm. you out on your blind spots Mm because often we're really we're like in our lives and we're so close to it so we can't see it so it's like a really supportive relationship where like I constantly want to up level you and Mm -hmm. you want to up level yourself Mm -hmm. right and so um you know I was saying I work with a lot of a-type women who are good at getting what they want but they're wanting to make a shift and they're like I'm not really sure Mm -hmm. how or what the next step is so it's like starting to hear that whisper mm-hmm. and it like intercepting before it's becoming a scream yeah. being like okay I know there's something different that I want to like do but I'm not sure how or why and so throughout a six-month program we'll I'll work with them through intent from intention to intuition so mm-hmm. oftentimes we're so close to yeah. what we're doing and we're in that rat race mm-hmm. and we're going day in day out in our conditioning that we don't even ask ourselves if it's what we want Mm. right and so it gives us that ability to really stop and pause and then Mm. create intentions of like what we want to do during our time together and be really um, focused on those and we go through different things like building practices and rituals around establishing mindfulness so like gratitude and meditation and checking in with what your diet's like and what your exercise is like Mm -hmm. and and also like it's always letting the client lead because it's different for everyone right and then we get into things like contrast right understanding that the good and the bad is important we get into things like relationships and then it leads all the way up to intuition right Mm -hmm. so we go through like 
what it means to be in an abundance mentality or mm, to okay. be in flow state or to really be guided by, you know, that voice within. So I think to sum it up is just having having someone make you rise to the potential that you can rise to. Mm. Um, and, and it's super actionable. That's what I really like about mm. coaching. It's like we set smaller more realistic goals at the end of every session. So you mm. kind of, you have a plan, right? Oh, yeah, like, okay. Yeah. Cause change really happens like subtly. And I right. think that a lot of times the why, why people drop off, you know, from new year's resolutions or wanting mm-hmm. to lose a certain amount of weight is because they're like, I'm going to do everything, you yeah. know? And it's like, even with my clients, sometimes they're like, okay, great. I have a coach and I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to work out five times a week. And I'm like, well, how many times a week are you working on now? And they're like, none or mm-hmm. one and I'm like well maybe let's just add one workout yeah, in. Right. you know and I think it's the idea sometimes that like less is more or yeah. working smarter yeah. not harder right. you know and that's what I see because I go and I work with um, leadership teams and corporations as well and so it's it's about that it's not always about like the amount of output, mm. but it's about like being curated about what you're doing yeah and so helping people understand that and and redefining you know what that level of success is as a result of their personal relationship with themselves. Mm, that's great. That's so beautiful. I mean, and I think that articulates it well, like what the process would be like. Because I know, I'm sure some people who have never worked with a coach, like my mom did a lot of um, corporate coaching and she, again, also the same kind of thing, mostly for businesses and um, and clients, sometimes with life-oriented things, but specifically in business and business strategy. Um, but sometimes people don't know what it means, right? And so to have something like a tangible, articulate, like this is what we do and this is what we're going for and this is what we're going to get, um, it's really helpful to, because it's hard to do it by yourself. It is. Mm-hmm. It's Very. not for lack of good intention. Everybody in the world, I shouldn't say that, most people <laughs> in the world have good intention for themselves, like what they want and try mm-hmm. try to achieve their goals. But it's your it's like what you don't know that you sort of don't know that sort of gets in your way, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I've learned that too exactly. for myself and my own process. But I love that you um, we've talked a lot about this this year in the podcast, but I love that you work towards intuition mm-hmm. because I think that's in my own journey and that, that was such a pivotal moment when I learned through some pretty big life events that I hadn't been trusting myself mm. and what it then felt like to trust myself, even though it was some through some very hard decisions that I had to make. But I even and even though they were like sad or challenging or whatever, maybe it felt like in the dark in the winter. But what I knew in those moments was what it felt like all of a sudden to be in tune with my intuition. Mm. And that felt so much better before than ignoring the intuition and it takes way less energy right because it's like it's right there yeah Yeah, you're not pushing against something I think it's really cool that you do that in your coaching and that intuition is a part of it because it's such an I feel like a glossed on thing that people like oh that's like the gut feeling but like if you can live your life being in tune with that things change possibly Yeah, and our gut is our second brain, right? Yeah, People yeah. forget that, right? For that our gut brain lives in our intestine and right. it gives us so much information. That's why, you know, if something doesn't agree with us from that we're putting in our body from a food perspective, we'll feel bloated or right. you know, we'll get gas or we'll have acne or like things like that because it's mm-hmm. it's telling us, Hey, yeah, this isn't working, right? Our right. body's giving us signs and signals all the freaking time. Yeah. So like that's like from um, like a physiological standpoint right. and then from more of like a psychological standpoint or energy being mm. point, it's like when you walk into a room and you're like, oh, I, like, yeah. I don't want to talk to that person or there's something right. weird about that. It's like that is another yeah. language that I think we've only really just be- started to begin to tap mm, into. Totally agree. Yeah. And I'm like so fascinated with emotional intelligence and like, yeah. you know, it's also the same way you can walk in and be like, I love this person. They're amazing. Yeah. You yeah. know? Absolutely. And so I, you know, what you said, because for me, if I, I have this six month program, that's awesome. But I always tell people like, we're going to set goals, but we're going to far surpass them. Yeah. And what ends up going to, what, what's going to end up happening as a result of listening to your intuition is magic. Like it really just, there's mm-hmm. no other way to describe it. But people are like, what, what do you mean? You know, yeah. because when you're starting off at the beginning yeah. of the journey and probably the same way when I was sitting at my nine to five desk working in corporate, I would have been like, all right, you know, yeah. like I remember sitting at that first yoga training, <laughs> like 
you know, I was like, okay, did the yoga and I'm transformed from, from that. But meditation, that's just not for me. So I remember sitting there just like fidgeting and, and this and that. And it's like, no, but this is what really happens when you commit to this work. And so I purposely created it in a structure so that people could understand. Because I think especially when you're entering yeah. in it, you're like, well, wait, why? And what are the benefits? And what am I going to get out of it? And how can I understand how this is going to make my life better? Yeah, right. And so so that was really purposeful. So I'm happy it resonates with you. Yeah, that's so amazing. And you also now, right, have retreats. And so you it's evolved into this these retreats. So can you tell us about how maybe they began and and what, what a retreat really entails and why it's important to take it to that level as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny when I first got into the yoga space and I'd always loved to travel and being in fashion, that was just part of the job. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, I guess I'm in a yoga teacher now and a, a wellness guru or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't at the time, but maybe now I am. Um, yes. But um I was like, well, does that mean I'm not going to be able to travel as much? And then I, I think someone's like, well, no, you can host retreats. Mm. So I think almost a, just a year after I started getting into yoga, I hosted a retreat, a weekend-long retreat, and then I, it just kind of evolved from there mm. because I think that there's such a beautiful thing that happens when you take people outside of their space mm. and when you actually have like in-person yeah. lengthy amount of time with people. Right. And also immerse them in a community of other people who are open and like-minded. And so I host uh, one-day retreats. I do them here in LA and I do them in Toronto. Mm. And then I do a week-long retreat in Costa Rica Mm. every year. That's Yeah, that's really exciting. And, um, you know, the purpose is really to give people a chance to reset. Mm -hmm. I think that everything needs a chance to reset, even ourselves, right? We plug our phones in every night, we turn our lights off, right? And so it's having that chance to do that. And what it is, is a massage for your body, mind, and soul, essentially. Um, You know, there's yoga the every all of them are a little bit different yeah but the the impetus is on healthy eating healthy living we do some transformational coaching community and connection and the idea that like you come back home to yourself and so the reason that I started doing these one-day retreats is because not everyone has a week to get away Mm -hmm. and maybe you are intimidated and you've never done a yoga retreat before and Mm -hmm. you want to experience what that feels like and what that really is and so this is an opportunity to do that and to come and meet people and I always tell people like better if you come alone you know because then you get to connect with awesome people there's no judgment it's like total um, openness and connection and like you end up leaving with like 20 new friends which mm, is really right. beautiful and what's really cool about being in a group setting also is like somebody else will say something that you're like oh my god mm-hmm. they feel that way too yeah. I'm not alone I'm not the only person who feels this this way so whether you're going through something or you're just like I've been working really hard and I want to give myself a day to just like be healthy and focus in words yes, and have a great yeah. time which is really important too yeah. you know you can kind of come at it from wherever you're at and, um, and they're the, they're my favorite. They're yeah. so, I love connecting with everyone who comes on them and it's, it's a really, really special experience. That's so what an act of self care too, to, to like prioritize, to take a day, you know, alone or with a friend. I've done so much alone. I also, I really need, I'm definitely like an introverted extrovert. I love same, love to be around people, love to be social, but like I, if I, I need time alone to recharge my batteries or I like I have nothing like my cup is empty like it's just empty and so I've done so much alone and it's such it's such an amazing act of self-care truly it's so fun to go with friends too like totally totally totally. especially if you have like-minded friends who are interested in the same things right but you know Ali was living in Tokyo for a year and a half and I think I started like getting into this world before before you came home Mm -hmm. and um yeah, I started, I started going to events by myself, like just a couple of, and I met so many cool people and it was so interesting. So yeah, it was scary, it came, but yeah. it, sometimes it, just the act of going alone somewhere is like showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Showing is up really, is like half the battle. Yeah. If anybody is interested in yoga or doing a retreat like yours, but hasn't had, you know, I think some people think like have a perception, especially of yoga, if they haven't ever done it before. Because there's so many different levels from a physical component, like physical point of view of of the practice. Mm -hmm. But yoga is a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. And what would you say to someone who would want to try a one-day retreat, but like maybe is intimidated, 
if they've never done yoga before, could they come and like try? Absolutely. That's such a good question. I almost feel like it shouldn't be called a yoga retreat, you know, and it's more of like a reset week or like a, you know, or a connection day or Mm -hmm. something like that because tuning into your intuition, like it can be kind of a number of those things. Cause yeah, it's, it's always an all levels class, the yoga, whether it's your first class or your hundredth class, whether you've done it before, you've done it never, you're always welcome. And that's just a sliver of it, right? Cause it's really just about immersing yourself within like that open-minded experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's always delicious, healthy food. We always partner with amazing mm-hmm. sponsors that okay. like give us awesome swag. So everyone gets a little, everyone's getting a yoga mat and like, you know, just yeah. some really great mm-hmm. things, um, that make the, that round out the experience. But I think that it's ultimately having a safe space to share, to be welcomed in. And that's like always the crux of every mm-hmm. event is like people getting to know each other, people getting to know themselves and people learning something new that they can then take back into their everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's so awesome. beautiful. Let's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys <laughs> have to come. Yeah. Totally. We will definitely go to one of your, um, LA day retreats for sure. I would love that. Um, yeah. We plan them about every two months. So oh, right. yeah. Okay, so we're going to keep amazing. doing them and, some will be in different locations and some will be in the same. And yeah, it's just building community yeah. and creating that here as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any, maybe we ask all of our guests this, but in your own personal journey, um, or even maybe that you recommend to your clients, do you have any books that have really like resonated with you over time? Or is there are there any podcasts that you currently listen to that you really love? And it doesn't have to be on anything specific. It's just like that has resonated with you or that's inspiring. Yeah, yeah, inspiring to you. So I love podcasts and I think being in LA, you're in your car a lot. So it's nice to have them. And I'm obsessed with Oprah. So I listen to Super Soul Sunday all the time. And I started listening to her new one, Masterclass. I really, really love both of Mm. those. We're like soul clenching material. And like, you know, you're just in your car and you're like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." you know, you're like, okay, preach. We got this. (laughs) Uh, So I love those. And then, you know, I think like what makes me unique personally is because I have such a strong affinity for health and wellness, but I'm also an entrepreneur. Mm. So I love kind of the business Mm. of it and what does it mean and how can we grow Mm. it and reach more people and create that ripple effect and that social impact that is going to change the world. And so I love listening to how I built this. Yeah. Really good. That's a popular favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I love that when I just recently listened to the one with the founders of Soul Cycle and like they have such a crazy story and just everyone does, you know, I think it's a reminder in this world of comparison that we can get stuck in is that there's no right way Mm -hmm. there's so many different ways and it's like back to the idea of alignment is like if you stay true to that alignment and I think it's funny because they actually talked about hiring a coach Mm -hmm. really early on in their business and they were like that's what made it because it allowed us to have open communication it Mm -hmm. allowed us to like listen to our intuition amidst all the chaos and I I was like oh that's so good you know and I think that makes a huge 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 difference um because they didn't have like a massive strategy or business plan or all these things it was just like it was it was things that felt right to them and they followed through on that so I I love that one and then I I see you have it but it's Journey to the Heart by Melody Beattie is one of my favorite books and um I was introduced to that book during my first yoga teacher training and it's a book that I give all of my clients, because I think that's just really, really special. It's mm. for those of you listening, it's kind of um, a collection of daily, yeah, kind of daily stories, stories? Yeah. yeah, but also that have a message and they're always really intentional. And there's one for every single day of the year. And yeah. I just always open it up to whatever. It, the, it wants to open up to and I find that's always when I need to hear and it's really cool because within my coaching program there's a group coaching component and so all the people in the coaching program get to meet each other also oh, okay. cool. and they're an online Facebook community and then um, oh, that's so awesome. We do, we do. So like the people also get one-on-one calls with me like two a month and then we get, they get one other group coaching call. So they get to meet the other people. That's so great. And so we like all have this book as like our tenant also. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, so... A, a girlfriend yeah, of ours just say. gave it to th- three of her friends. So we're two of the, two of the three that got it. And cause for probably a year she would randomly she had this book and she would randomly text us like whatever day of the year it was. Oh, um, almost every day. Like I she love would that. text us and then the day she gave it recently a few like a month or so ago gave us um over the holidays. Her name is Grace. She listens to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> She's, <laughs> She's so Yay. supportive, but it is. It's an amazing 
an amazing, amazing book. Well, and that's also like a testament, like, right, when you start to show up mm-hmm. how you want to show up, right? So you like yeah. kind of work through like the fog yeah. and you yeah. get clear and then it's like people in your life support you and then they think about you and then it's like this beautiful community that you're able to create because you're like, this is who I am and this is what I stand for. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think that was, that was so eye-opening in my own journey too is as we went along this path, there were people who left or couldn't support it or, and it has nothing to do with them. It just, we were just going in different ways, but the right people then come in too. So it's like for everything that you're letting go of, you're also like opening making, up. You're making for, room for making what space. is supposed to be in your life. So yeah. it's so amazing. If anyone wants to find you on, on the internet, um, where can they find you? So people can find me on Instagram. I'm at Mindfulness Matters, which is kind of where I live, like posting stories <laughs> and posts and all that. Although I definitely try to be a little bit more concise with my time because wanting to take some more digital detoxes that's that's been important and something I've had to juggle between like wanting to you know show up for my community but then also needing to like introvert and kind of be on my own so um, I've been playing with that but that's a really great place to find me and then my website is mindfulnessmatters.ca okay Mm. because I'm Canadian and (laughs) um staying true to those roots also works for California yeah (laughs) true so true I love that yeah and then you know local retreats here in LA Costa Rica Toronto and just kind of stay updated through a website and you guys can sign up for my newsletter too if you um, you can sign up online or through my Instagram okay. and that's a really great way to stay stay in touch with like all different events that I have going on because it's always adding and growing and yeah okay. and you take clients all over I guess like internationally right yeah I have clients from all over because the way my program works is it's we we speak twice a month through zoom which mm-hmm. is an online video conferencing yeah. tool so yeah clients are from anywhere I have a client in Tehran right now wow. yeah crazy and then you know, some locally here and in Toronto and Boston. And so there's, yeah, it's, it's really nice to be able to work with people. And I think that when you're looking to find a coach, there's no right or wrong answer, but it's just like who you resonate with. Right. And so, so yeah, that's always like, I try and talk about myself and, you know, things that I believe in. And and then it's always the right people find you who you're meant to work with, which is really great. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank yeah, you thank for you having so you guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica. And we're Courageous Wellness. <laughs>